Hey everybody, before we start the episode, I want to give a shout out to some of our patrons on Patreon helping to support this network and helping us to grow our brand. I want to thank you, Thomas Nostar, you, Kevin Mullen, C. Ryan Wagner, and Karjan McGill. I apologize if I pronounced that incorrectly. Thanks guys, and I hope you enjoy the show. Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Hello everyone and welcome to the other side. This is a special of the side because this isn't recorded on Skype and it doesn't involve Max or Andrew because they didn't go to Otakon. We went to Otakon. I'm Cody Byer. I went to Otakon. And I'm Leanne Williams and I went to Otakon also. Me and Leanne went to Otakon. Also Kevin and Emily went to Otakon. They're not in this podcast though. We are. We're talking about Otakon. So this yes, is Yes, we have to give them back at some point. We're talking about day one. Uh, and we will be recording this podcast basically as we get home. So this is the day one portion, and then we're gonna talk about day one, and then we're gonna pause, we're gonna stop the recording, and then we'll record day two, and so on and so forth. So you're getting all of this as it goes, like as Otakon is going on, you are getting the skinny, you are getting the low down. Okay, let's be honest. It's Otakon. They're also getting the fat, the midweight. The lumpy, the smooth, like there's there's a lot of diverse body types on display, and we know diversity is important, Cody. That I got that joke. There's a reason mm. you didn't get me as a writer, Mister. <laughs> <clears throat> well, uh, it was kind of a boring day. Yeah. Um, stuff kept opening late, and that was annoying. The game room opened like an hour late. Like they. I'll give Otakon all the credit in the world. They um, did a really good job with mailing out badges, which is, I know, something that people have been asking for for a while. Um, I saw it every time I would check out the Otakon forums. It would be like, why are you mailing out badges? Why are you mailing out badges? And they did an excellent job with that. And, like, when we would see the lines for registration, all that was going down. Um, You submitted artwork, and, like, that line was smooth. Everyone was friendly. Then we got there, we got there early for parking, and literally everything is closed if you aren't going towards, a, um, like, a room, a panel. It's like, what about the art? Uh, closed. What about the dealer's room? Closed. What about the games? Uh, opening late. <laughs> yeah. But I gotta say, thank you, Otakon Game Room, for finally getting fucking octagonal gates in your fight sticks. Um, before I would use, I had to bring my own goddamn sticks from home, lugging around all these multiple fight sticks. Because, because you're a nerd. Because I can't play fighting games on this bullshit they had. And they, they used to have square gates, like a bunch of fucking plebs, fucking square gates. For those of you like me who don't play, the translation is, octagonal gates allow you to do more stuff that square gates don't let you do. Basically, it's the uh, the gate is what's inside the joystick that basically um, stops it. Um, it's like the little space that it's allowed to move. A square gate, ba- and you know, you go, you move a joystick and you pull it one direction and it reaches a groove and that kind of sn- makes it snug and, and holds it. A square gate, the grooves are only in the corners. So if you want to press directly up, down, left, or right, it's you hit just basically a flat wall that you can slide on as a bitch. But apparently the Jap- that's how the Japanese play games, because they're wrong. 
Um, octagonal gates are, you know, the the eight primary directions have a groove in there, so you can um, rest the stick. You can be there. a little more detailed. Yeah. So, finally, they have octagonal gates. Um, we were in there for a bit, teeny bit. There were at least there was at least one game you were looking for that they didn't have. Yeah. Which was an interesting experience. Yeah, they didn't have Power Instinct 5 like they had last year. I could kick a fucker for that. But they did have... Um, I mean, I've only gone for a couple of years, but from what I noticed, they had a lot more, like, standalone arcade-type machines. Like, um, they had you know, Rock Band set up, of course, um, which is hilarious because all the characters were super anime, and I think someone at Otakon has a sense of humor. Like, let's make Orin High School Host Club with the drummer. <laughs> it's gonna be funny. Um, but, like, all of those Japanese dance rhythm games, true, like, arcade looking games, and a lot of them were branded the same way, so I didn't take a close look, but my guess is Otakon made some sort of deal with someone. Or someone came to them. Because, like, it was a strong increase. There was very little bare wall space that you could just chill at. It was game, 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 space. Game, 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 game. Which I thought was interesting. If that's what people want, go on you, Otakon. <laughs> now just bring in your obscure fighters again. <laughs> yes. More Neo Geo fighters. Uh, see, we didn't spend a lot of time in there today. No. I've decided that if we go again and we're going to be hanging out there for hours, you have to teach me something. Trust me, I'm going to come out of this Ocon. You are going to teach me mastery of King of Fighters. I'm going to be just the most impressive player. Well, I'm, I've got a boner now. I'm sorry. <laughs> so see, see, very unpleasant for you. Let's let's talk about um, Funimation now. Bring your well, boner l- down. Let's go, let's go in p- the uh, industry panels in order. Oh, which one did we do first? Well, first um, it was Crunchyroll. Crunchyroll. We came in the ass end of Mike Sinterniklis' panel, and I wish I, I had been there for that, because just from that, the uh, bit we heard, he sounded like he had some interesting things to say, although there were a lot of dipshits that were coming in just for Crunchyroll that didn't care about him. They were just chatting up a storm in the back of the room, and they're assholes. But, you know, we're not expecting a lot of social skills at Otakon. You know, you know, otaku aren't known for their social skills. So I guess proper etiquette eludes... The denizens of Otakon. It reminds me of being back in high school, all six months ago. No, I'm a little older than that. Um, but, you know, the at my school, um, the seniors were allowed to leave prese- um, like presentations early. And one thing we were always told was, like, don't be rude to the people who speak. But the reason we were allowed to leave early is because the... There was, like, a three-year rotation on these guys, so we already had seen this shit. It was like, I'm not watching this presentation again. Fuck you. Um, except, no, you haven't listened to Mike's Terraclis before. Did I guess his name right? Yes. Yes. Um, like, you haven't been here before. Shut up. <laughs> please shut up. That was annoying. And speaking of please shut up, um, so then... Crunchyroll. Crunchy the Crunchyroll panel starts. First of all, the guy that used to be... The presenter for Funimation, when I first started going to Otakon, now works for Crunchyroll. Which explains why Funimation's panels have turned to shit. Mm-hmm. Because this guy's a professional presenter, and he's much easier to listen to. But he was partnered up with a uh, total beta male, I mean, just comical, fucking combed hair, like swooped hair, big thick rim glasses, 
scruff, half beard, patchy shit on his face, and Kermit the Frog voice. Yeah, it wasn't. He was very obviously not one of the voice actors. Um, he he's the guy in charge of social media, and I'm or like social something. And I PR. Think, PR. That was it. PR. And I turned to Cody and I went, "You suck at your job." <laughs> Cause like no, dude, no. It's like fucking this guy sitting here trying to be all professional and present these shows, and he's doing it well. But then he's like, "And what do you think?" He's like, "This is a good, good show. This is good." Like, <laughs> um, two shades away from being Uncle Paul. It was it was interesting also because you know they all try to make the shows that they have sound interesting, and then um, PR manager guy. Um, hipster McScruff, he was like, this show made me cry, and I'm like, well, you're a bitch. <laughs> I don't even remember which show it was, he uh, was like, oh, it made me cry. Oh, ReZero. Oh, God, that one was... Also, it's getting really annoying when they can't, when they aren't prepared ahead of time to describe the show, so they're like, how do I describe it without spoilers? Don't you have notes? You should. You know what you're going to present. Come up with a goddamn blurb that explains it. What does Wikipedia say? What does Wikipedia say in the first paragraph and use that? <laughs> because I, I, I can't stand it. How do I tell us without spoilers? Well, that's on you, sweetheart. You're supposed to be selling the show to me, but when you can't give any details except it's about a guy, he does a thing. He has lots of feels, guys. Well, then. Yeah, they like the term feels in these uh, presentations, at least this year. I actually didn't notice it that much. Maybe at this point it's just sort of going over my head. Like, oof. Like how you don't notice air. You know, it's just around you. I, I've, ever present. I've noticed a few times. Yeah. People bringing up their feels, right in the feels, how I feel, but feels, 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 blah, 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 Actually, the closest I know, I think, was in, uh, uh, whoever had, um, Beast and the Boy. Boy I, and the Beast. Boy and the Beast. <laughs> um, I haven't watched the movie, I don't have to know how to say it. I'm a girl, people don't expect me to know things at an anime convention. Um, whoever had that one, someone said, like, it makes you have emotions or something like that um, or who wants to talk about their emotions with his movies and I was like they're just dancing around the phrase the feels because it was some phrase that was like that was the most ra- yeah, roundabout way like oh are you as tired of it as I am <laughs> uh, the Crunchyroll panel wasn't really remarkable except it did um, give me to remember that show 91 Days which looked mm-hmm. really cool yeah, it looks sweet. And that was the first one they did. So, like, everything just kind of went down. Well, they brought up Bananya. Bananya. She loves Bananya. I love... It is so cute. It, I'm not looking for a sociopolitical story that goes in depth in the intrigue. I want a story about bananas. They're also cats. And just... They're slices of life get because they're bananas and also cats and I got that it's just little snippets of cat that at the end of the credits it gives you a picture, a couple pictures of cats I'm she, just so happy Cody she's high on banana right now she just, watched, she just watched some we just marathoned it banana banana um, 
So the, but what was most notable about the Crunchyroll panel is um, an individual in the audience with us. Well, okay. Also, Gan Urobuchi's puppy puppet show looked it, interesting. Yeah, Gan Urobuchi <laughs> seems to have um, gone over his damn self. Yeah, uh, he. I, I think doing Common Rider was good for him. Taught him to to make a story without just oh, everybody dies, and I only know how to write sad. <laughs> Which I wish was a joke, but he's admitted that. But he went and wrote this like fantasy story using puppets <clears throat> and it was i forget which country i should have taken notes. taiwan taiwan um I, I could think of every country but um he went to taiwan and they have these these puppets and they'll make shows with them so he went i want to do that and then he did that and got dubbed into japanese and you know they all showed clips from these shows and i was laughing my ass off it was amazing just dramatic anime-esque puppets I need that show in my life. Urobuchi, uh, thank you. And, uh, I forget what it's called. What was it called? Lightning Fantasy or something? I, Thunderbolt Fantasy? It was something fantasy. I, I think, think it was Thunderbolt. Th- I think it was Thunderbolt Fantasy. I'll probably mention the little blurb. Um, but yeah, there's a fella. Uh, I've taken to calling him Pube Beard. Um, okay, this is a. This is an epidemic that we need, we as a society need to get to deal with. We need to get rid of it. We need to rise up against it. And it's the the um, motherfucker riddled with Aspergers who uh, decides that he's I guess he's convinced himself he's friends with the presenters, friends with every company. I don't know. Uh, see, I preferred autistic folk when they didn't talk, like when their lack of social skills made them not talk. I think it's actually worse when they do talk, and they don't know when not to talk, and they don't know who's not their friends. And from what I've gathered, hold yeah. well, my glasses here. It's that they do not realize that they are not supposed to speak back. In other words, they're like black people at a movie theater. Ha! I got distracted momentarily by what sounded like pulsating, vibrating, or something. Are you hiding something for me, woman? <laughs> Um. Okay, with my fan. What the fuck is that noise? I'm not even editing this out. I don't care. <laughs> you lazy bum. Well, anyway, it's not worth editing it. He um was dressed as Ash, and he was next to us, but there was a uh, little aisle gap. But we were right there, and he kept fucking talking. Yeah, and it's like, like shut the hell up. These motherfuckers feel like they need to comment and engage like they're having a conversation after every fucking thing a presenter says at these industry panels. And they have to shout it. I'll I'll say things, you know. Uh, Cody says things. I don't know if he even realizes he's doing it. Like you, they say something and you just have a response. But most of the time it's quiet. It's like, "Oh my god, I love that show." You know, these guys are like, yes, I do like that show. When they were like, so are you guys excited? And you're all supposed to go, woo. They're like, yes, let me have a conversation. We'll get some tea and, you know, go some tea and biscuits and we'll, we'll talk. We'll chat. <laughs> it's like, you guys like that show? That's actually my favorite show. Like, nobody cares, asshole. At a different panel, um, at Funimation's panel, um, one guy, they, they, um, 
Let's, let's do formation. Oh, I want to jump ahead. We're doing these in order. So Pube Beard mm. just had a loud comment for fucking every statement that they said. Everything. Like, I hate him. I hope he's... Like, the, the only thing that made that dealing with him feel... make Like, made me feel better was knowing that one day... I don't know when that day will be. But one day on this earth, he will die. And that brings me joy. Because I hate him. And he just kept doing it. He kept... He kept trying to make jokes like, whoa, th- whoa, boy, that sure came out wrong. Because he said something, I don't what do you say? Like, okay, so there's this, uh, it was, uh, sound euphonium? Euphonium? Yeah, something that's um, stupid. The, uh, not K-On. K-On with trumpets. Yes. Um, which looks adorable, of course, because they're all moe, have the big eyes, and it's all shiny. But, um... It was the two girls, and one of them is the senpai on the bridge. Oh, this is something different than I was thinking of, but go Oh, on. no, no, no. Okay. Um, but the senpai figure hugs the not-senpai one and says, like, you know, some basically, somehow you've grown on me. Somehow I found you endearing. Um, and I guess it's, uh, uh, like, wonderful in the context of the show. But um, the, you know, the, the younger one goes... It's hot because they had just been discussing the hot summer day. So she's being hugged on a hot summer day. So she goes, It's hot. And Mr. Pewbeard immediately goes, It sure is. It sure is. Like really loud. Like, Oh, you creepy, creepy man. And then, like, as the clip ends and everybody's uh, applauding, he has to get his thing and say loud, So in the next episode, do they kiss? And then seems baffled that there's nobody reacting. A couple times, like, he turned to people behind him looking for some kind of reaction. He did this weird thing where he got up and walked in the middle of the aisle and walked back like like someone having a panic attack. But he wasn't having a panic attack. He just did it. Which reminds me. One well-known thing that goes along with autism is a sensitivity to sound. So why do these... Um, industry panels keep trying to get people pumped up. You're not at a normal audience, guys. You're going to send someone into a panic attack. Yeah, but he was, and he was just... Oh, I know. I don't know what that was. I was just thinking that, like, that's going to happen one day. Like, they're going to be like, share if you love anime. And one person's going to be like, oh my god, I'm panicking. It was... I I hated this man. Hate. He just kept going for the whole panel. We only got a break when he took two calls from his mother. Mm -hmm. And when he would do that thing like walking to the middle of the aisle and then walking back like, oh, thank God he's shutting up. (laughs) Oh, he's back. Everything he had a remark for. Every fucking thing. Whoa, that's not good. Like the the fucking... This is a guy that's probably the most popular dude on his shitty anime internet forum. Like, he's fucking popular there and has a high post count, so he thinks his opinion matters. And he doesn't fucking realize that shit don't translate to real life. Yeah, when that happened to you, you just started your own podcast. <laughs> like, ugh. I hated this fucker. I hate him so much. If, if anybody knows who he is, kill him. And end him. <laughs> Please. I, I, I don't like that he's on this earth. I don't like that there's a chance I might see him again. Oh, like, God, he might be there tomorrow. He looked like fucking hobo Ash Ketchum. <laughs> that fucking pube beard. Dressed like fucking Ash Ketchum. 
It was like the most Chris Chan looking fucking thing. But better f- ability to grow facial hair. <laughs> oh, God. Well, if you call that better facial hair, it still looked like he had pubes growing out of his face. Still better. Chris Chan's pretty low. Ugh. God, though. Oh, my God. I fucking I hate, hate him. him. He was... Anyone who was watching our Twitter probably saw me live tweet all my venting about this fat fuck. Oh, God. Just, if you're gonna be that, be that quietly. God. And like I was saying on Twitter, he comes off as a little retarded, which is probably why no one's had the heart to tell him he's not funny. He kept trying to have, like, zingers and fucking one-liners and shit. You're not fucking funny. You're fat and creepy and fucking autistic and you're fucking socially stunted and weird looking and people probably think you're more retarded than you are. You're not endearing. You're awful. Kill yourself. Fuck. Flashbacks to his fucking voice and his fucking face and his fucking everything. I hate him. Ruin that panel. Anyway, <laughs> then then we had another industry panel. It was uh, Viz. Viz. Um, More fun with people in the fucking audience. This one had a handler who can barely do her job, but another fucking guy who had to yell shit out, let his yell out his fucking opinions. Like, no, I like the manga better. No one fucking cares, you spurg. I thought that handler girl. Is that Funimation? No, the same room. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't get that long-awaited break of, of, of stupidity. It's just blurred in my mind. Um, like, this one had a handler, which is better, but she would only catch him afterwards. But there were points where she got him quieter, so, like, that was nice. Like, we're, we're moving up. We finally got the handlers. But, oh, God... I understand the anime fandom attracts outcasts. The outcasts of society are going to gather at geek conventions. I get it. I still don't fucking like having to deal with the people that are not quite there, don't belong in a social situation, and yet are in a social situation. If you can't shut up, you don't belong in a crowd when the crowd is trying to listen to someone who is not you. Mm-hmm. Fuck off. If you have tisms, this is not the place to work on your social behavior. Find a smaller venue before you bring your bullshit, your inept bullshit, into a crowd who's trying to pay attention to something else. Which is actually, um, vehemence aside, actually, is good advice for people with with autism. If you're going to start going to conventions, um... I mean, for everyone, starting with the smaller one is way better, but especially if you have some sort of uh, issue that would come up, like, starting with the smaller one is so much more vital, because then you get used to it, you get used to being with your own kind, you get used to all of the things that that, uh, conventions are wonderful about, and then you can expand outwards. Eventually, I think his handler took him out of the room. Thank God... I think it may have been his... We're calling we're calling her his handler. Um, but I think she was a girlfriend uh, or Which a is astonishing. Friend. It had to be a... Th- no, it was a girlfriend because they were embraced. Yeah, I think that she you, was on the spectrum people. also. But, um, but it, was, it, was, it was actually kind of sweet um, looking back at them. 
Um, but she was trying. No, and it wasn't. Was he needed AIDS. <laughs> well, I see, the last one you wish AIDS on, but we want him to stay single forever. This one, you know, apparently found a girlfriend, so AIDS is on the table. Get AIDS! I hate, I hate these people. Just shut up. Just, if you are at a convention, you are at an industry panel, they are talking. Shut up! Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Fuck your comments. Fuck your smarm. Fuck your zingers. You are not special. You are not funny. You are not whatever. Shut your fucking nerd mouth. This is why you're a nerd. This is why you're an outcast. This, the way you're acting in these panels, people, that's why you are an outcast. That's why you're not popular at school or weren't popular at school. That's why you get side-eyed by the general public. That. You suck. You suck at social situations. You fucking chime in with your fucking sass like you're the next fucking culture critic. Shut up. Shut the fuck up. The internet has ruined nerds because now they all think they're, they're fucking culture critics. Fucking shut up. On the plus side, the presenters weren't that cringe. I mean, they were a little cringy, but uh, who was Crunchyroll? It was, um, oh, yeah, okay, but the, the it was a man and a woman. And that was Viz. Not Crunchyroll. Viz. We're talking about Viz. Yeah, it was a man and a woman. Um, the man had a couple of moments, but he was overall pretty fine. Uh, the woman... Your buddy from last year. Yeah, she was better this year, but she simultaneously sounded like she was talking to children and like she was talking to a partner in the bedroom. And it was hilarious and enraging because I'm, you know, I'm not a child and I don't think that you're attractive. But you don't realize you sound like this, do you? Like, goes, you like that, everyone? And next, we're going to be showing a series you've been really looking for, uh, or looking forward to. It's like, oh, good lady, you're coming on to me, boss, you think I'm five. Ew, go away. <laughs> and that was the entire panel. Um, except for when she was, like, joking with her, um, with the our presenter, and even that was a little iffy, but, like, however long that panel lasted, I don't think she ever stopped speaking like that. And I finally realized, I hate you, stop it. I still hate you, stop it, go away. Viz, stop sending her. She's triggering me. Also, I like when they were showing, you know, all this shit, and they get to the Sailor Moon, like, because they, they got a new dub for the, old, the original Sailor Moon, and they just play the clips of it to the most generic fucking Hans Zimmer style fucking Inception trailer music. So it's still when they're saying like moon magic power makeup. I don't. I'd never watched Sailor Moon. I'm sorry, but it's like the last one. Like like pretty girl magical power Sailor Moon whatever. Pretty soldier or something. And they're saying that phrase like no 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 sweetheart but also she um she was playing up how goddamn girly this shit was she was pointing out stuff had the silver ink and it had the sparkly t-shirt and all of that and just everything even the shirts the two um because they were giving out shirts i think um with with purchases and it was um 
they come in woman's cut and in unisex. So as I'm sure it gets for a woman with a figure and a woman without a figure. But she was playing up just how goddamn girly this whole thing is. I'm like, she's trying to ignore the fact that there's a large male fan base of Sailor Moon of Magical Girl in general. Because she wasn't going like, yeah, it's so cool, and I love the action. No, it was, and this has sparkles on it, and I love sparkles, and you can get the coin, and all of that. And also, let me take you to my bedroom later. Would, would you like that? Seriously, that voice never stopped. And then, uh, I forget that she has a weird fascination with lesbian romance. Yeah. She called Utena? Yeah, when they were they were progressive. Yeah, they were literally saying like it's it's got progressive relationships. Like her first fucking um, thing that she said to advertise this basically was that it has progressive relationships. How about it's an infamous show involving a love between two women? Or it's not really infamous. But... Well, I've known about it for years, so I figured it was. Well, it's not really what infamous is. Infamous is you're well known for something that's not so good. I said I've known it. I never said that people said it was good. I've never said it was bad. Sure. But, uh... And she did it again when she was talking about how much she loves working at Viz, and she said it's such a progressive company. And I, I was like, oh, I'll give her the benefit of the doubt, mean that, like, think that she's mean, you know. And we go into new territory, and we, you know, expand our horizons, and we're in so many, ah, you mean the gender relationships and stuff. Yeah, she's... I think she fetishizes gay people the way Tumblr does. Like, I think she is Tumblr, given human form. Yeah, with her fucking goofy bangs and shit. Like, uh... She, like, she... Like, he's going on this whole thing, and they got this thing... This, this... License, whatever the fuck it was. And I was like, I had to run into the... What was it? Vice President of acquisitions or something and I would say did we really get this oh my god and I'm just thinking and the vice president is probably thinking oh my god it's that sped again because adults don't do that in the office and she like was building it up and building it up and building it up which is also annoying because if I don't care you just wasted my time but she was building up and like I'm more into the anime side of things so I don't know manga and I know this manga and you know, when I saw it on the list, I was so shocked, and then she ran. And it turned out to be a lesbian story. That no one's ever heard of but her. Because she loves lesbians and loves progressive relationships. I mean... I wonder where her Tumblr blog is. Can I find it? What do you think her pronouns are? I think it's fuck you ugly. I mean... It's fuck slash you slash ugly. <laughs> I I mean the cover of it looked pretty nice. Um, it was nice watercolor until I realized that the legs of the girls were weirdly detailed, so you could look like you could see them through the skirt. And I was like, oh, even that's creepy. God damn. These lesbian relationships are never fucking depicted the way lesbian relationships actually are in these fucking animes. But then again, like gay relationships are never actually <laughs> depicted accurately. Yeah, yeah, I mean, most gay folks tell you there's a lot more hedonism going on than than, uh, <laughs> than depicted as yaoi's. Yaoi's are written for women by women who have never met a man, so it's just a bunch of flat-chested women with penises. 
And then heterosexual relationships are rarely well written. Japan just can't do relationships. No wonder their birth rates dropping. <laughs> oh my god! Like this, this lady's annoying. She is. Oh my god! Viz needs better presenters. Um, Viz needs better licenses. Although they got some good ones. They got One Punch Man, JoJo, and all that. Yeah, but I like, mean, it is kind of like of it's kind of you know you get the good with the bad, and. I I guess it just wouldn't be profitable to only go for what you consider the best shows. Well, they got... It's not even just that. They got a lot of um, their stuff was either new acquisitions of stuff no one gives a damn about or re-releases. Mm-hmm. We're re-releasing this in Blu-ray or we're getting this extra OVA or movie we missed. But it's like retreading licenses we've had. Like, like Ranma, they were releasing uh, box sets, and they're releasing an eighth box set with all the OVAs and movies, which is really good if you like Ranma one half, I guess. Also, I I know I think they've had a Ranma th- something every fucking year I go to the Viz panel. Mm-hmm. There's something Ranma. Y'all need to do something else other than Ranma. And then after Viz... It's Prince Money. <laughs> I don't even know if it's printing that much money these days. Uh, after Viz was Funimation. Funimation um, was better than it was last yeah, year. Yeah, uh, actually, um, a rare change. A woman presenter who was actually quite enjoyable. I mean, um, like, I'll give Funimation the credit. Their presenters this year are pretty good. They had their kind of iffy moments, which you're going to have, uh, uh, it feels like, any time. But there was no moment where the presenters made me cringe, which, again, very rare. Um, there was one part that I felt really bad for them. Instead of doing the trivia thing, which is always something like, you know, the new show that came out is called One Punch? What? Yeah, they did that with Viz. It was the most insultingly terrible trivia questions. Like, um, instead of doing that, they had... Uh, two, they called up two fans of My Hero Academia, mm-hmm. and they said, okay, you're going to list off a character name and their quirk, and whoever can't think of one first loses, um, so whoever lasts longer wins. And I was like, that's really good. It's, you know, that, that I've seen to myself, like, that's good, that's interesting, um, that has maybe people in the audience wondering about the show, you know, it's, it's more fucking interesting than trivia. You got that whole little competition, and one of them fucking ruined it. I felt so bad. This is why they do trivia of people, because you suck. This is why the trivia is so stupid. Because these people are stupid. Don't ever, don't let anime nerds ever convince you there's some kind of, like, smarter class than the average, like, doofus or jock at school. No, they're quite stupid, too. This guy's just like, okay, name one character and their power, or their quirk. All right, name one character. He's like, uh, uh, come on, you're the first person. Name any fucking character from My Hero Academia and their power. So then they were like, yeah, names are hard. Let's just go with the quirks. So they had to list off basically the powers in the show. And the first time it went to that guy, he lost. But like. Dude, you answered the question. The question was, who's the biggest fan or who's a big fan? And so you obviously answered, do you have no idea about the fucking show you're apparently watching? Did you watch the Raw? Like, did you did you not have dub? Did you not have sub? Were you only watching in Japanese? Yeah, it's... Oh my god, that was embarrassing. What a fucking dumbass... 
I was so happy, and then the audience disappointed me. Well, the audience has been disappointing for the whole fucking thing. You know what else fucking disappointed me? Funimation? Funimation. There's a little title. It's out there. You might have heard of it. might be interested in it. It's called Dragon Ball Super. I don't know, maybe you've heard of it. I mean, Dragon Ball is kind of your bread and butter. It, it's it's kind of, you know, where where a lot of your money comes from. Uh, you, you got a lot of that going on. Uh, maybe the new Dragon Ball series would be something you'd be interested in. I mean, you picked up the movies, like, the instant they were in fucking production. But for some reason, Dragon Ball Super, they, eh, I don't know. Maybe later, I don't know. Like, what are you fucking doing? The only thing I can even think is that Toei has seen how you've been acting recently and is hesitant to give it to you. Because supposedly we're going to get it. Like, I don't even know. Toei's like, you're going to get Dragon Ball Super on this service. Like, what? It hasn't even announced. Funimation hasn't even announced it yet. No one knows what's going on. What are you doing? I don't know, it's fucking like went through that whole thing waiting for a Dragon Ball Super announcement. But it's okay, everybody. We got Seraph of the End. If you like crap, you'll love this. And they got, oh, finally, re release of Lucky Star. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> the world has been waiting. And it, finally waits no more. They usually are like, I really like this show, blah, blah, blah. They had nothing to say about Lucky Star, which seemed very, very indicative of Lucky Star as a whole. When the people who are paid to enjoy all of the shows you own can't can't come up with anything. They had some other stuff. They had, like, talk about the Kenshin live-action movies. I don't give a fuck. Well, that, was, that was pretty interesting. Like, it's not Dragon Ball Super, I understand. But for that whole thing, it was pretty interesting. They did show a couple of, um, like, trailers. Um, so I'll give them that one. Mm. I, I, I don't care. I, I, they finally did something with Code Geass and Death Parade, which are licenses they've been sitting on for years, but they just really had to get that Imperial Japanese propaganda movie out. It's, that was important. Code Geass had to wait so they could... All hail glorious Imperial Nippon. Uh, so yeah, that 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 was that that was ass. That pissed me off. They got all this other Dragon Ball release stuff. They're doing some new show now on the internet, talking about getting people into anime. Oh yeah, that Xavier Woods guy from that everybody loves from WWE. I don't watch WWE, so I don't I don't know who he is, but I hear a lot of people like him. Um, and he's one of those guys, New Day, that they seem like if I was still watching wrestling, I would probably like them. And they do a lot of crazy, silly stuff, and they came, they did one thing, dressed up as Saiyans, and he, he did an acknowledgement of that. Yeah, he's, like, co-hosting some shows, highlighting different shows, and how you, they're, like, gateway shows to get people into anime that weren't into anime, but then one of the shows they listed in their first episode was Fairy Tale, and I'm like, hell no, that's not a gateway anime. You ain't gonna get anybody in fairy tale that wasn't in fairy tale. Yeah, hey mom, let's sit down and watch fairy tale. That'll, that'll, that'll get you in this whole anime thing. You know, you want to do a show on gateway anime here? Okay, Cowboy Bebop. Goodbye. <laughs> that should be the show, like the top. Okay, you showed them Cowboy Bebop. Now what? <laughs> and just list all the other ones. But like, one thing that I think, um, I mean, this is gonna disagree depending on the family. 
But one thing I would think would make a good gateway show is something that you can finish quickly. And in Fairy Tale, one of those long-lasting shows, like I think a gateway anime should be like two seasons tops. That way, you get it in, you get them to finish the story, you get them hooked, and then they want to watch some other stuff. You don't, like, have a show that is still ongoing and is a few seasons in, and it's like, okay, this is literally the only show you're going to have time for, <laughs> Mom, because you work 40 hours a week. You know what that show I decided was my mom's gateway show? Fucking Death Note. <laughs> and that worked. She- she didn't watch that much of it because I think stuff actually came up in real life. But she loved it when she was watching it. Yeah, it was... It, also, they announced some Monster Hunter show and some Spurg Lord flipped his shit. Like, it turned around some fat fuck with a Goku t-shirt and a shitty beard and a bowl cut. Flipped the fuck out and, like, raised his arms in the air and screamed really it loud. Like, so who... um. Who's excited for Monster Hunter? And in the distance, we hear, yeah! And we're like, what the fuck? And, and he's like lifting his arms and it's pulling his shirt up, revealing like, his fucking nasty belly spills out. When we were waiting uh, for the game room to open, um, this one fat Asian guy walked by and lifted up his shirt to scratch his stomach and it was quite distended. And it just gave more evidence um, that, yes, there are fat Asian people, and yes, they do exist, and will people stop insisting they don't? Who insists there are no fat Asians? I have had multiple people insist to me that there are not, like, any fat Asian people, and it's bizarre, because no, I see them. (laughs) Jesus Christ, so many professional video game players are fat Asian. Mm -hmm. Fucking, was in there, but there was an epidemic this year. I've talked before about the size of Otakon tends to bring in more normal people than a smaller con might. I guess they're waiting till Saturday, because man, was it nothing but wall-to-wall dorks and tumblerinas, like just nothing but that. Like there was a couple people that looked like normal people, but God, there's the most cringe people, like the most dorks and fucking. I'm mad at my parents, chicks. I'm gonna be fat, have a boy voice, and. Shave mm-hmm. half my hair. Tell them about the people who are behind us in the game line. Don't say. Yeah, so that was, was kind of alluding to, like these motherfuckers. I'm waiting in the waiting the, uh, for the game room to open, and some motherfuckers arguing the lore of Marvel vs. Capcom and and how they think it should have been like, oh, it was all story Deadpool wrote or some sh- stupid shit, and they all talk like me doing nerd voices. It was like, like, Marvel vs. Capcom should be, like, totally the thing that, like, that's your real voice, you fuck? Holy shit. And it was like, one of them looked like fucking a fat Asian, that kind of, like, pure, round, inflated fat. Like, someone took Justin Wong and said, he's not fat enough. Let me just put a bicycle pump up here and kind of even it out. There we go. Now he's at the right bit of rotund. Now he looks like he's taking in a lot of air and he's just about to pop and this is the oh my god i don't want to overuse the term cringy but Mm -hmm. that's exactly what these guys were and they're they're bitching about fucking shit i was like i uh, I was listening to these motherfuckers and one of them was like a fucking rich evans character come to life i'm expecting him to start going on about star wars i love star wars and what is up with these guys that get like the smarm on fucking inept nerds just I think the internet has done this to them 
Like, if someone sounds like that as a fucking voice, they always have all these levels of fucking smarm. And, like, I've got opinions and observations. Like, let me tell you something. Because I don't know who was at the wheel that day. But, like, shut up. Just say it. Whatever it is, say it. If you're not funny, don't give it a shot. Also on the line with us were this nice, uh, Mabel and Dipper, um, cosplayers. Like, they weren't the best ever. Just solid, cute cosplays. Um, so it was nice. Like, I was watching them right in front of us. And then they kissed each other, and I was like, ew. Of course, by the way, a lesbian couple. Uh, one of them I... I, No, it was lesbian. It was a lesbian? Okay, that was one hairy lesbian. Fat girl and butch. Like... But, it's like, no. Couples are now never allowed to cosplay siblings. Because that was gross. They weren't doing... They they were cute. They weren't doing it like, how we're uh, siblings and we're going to kiss each other and have people think of incest. No, you could tell that they were just interacting with each other. But uh, it was like, ew, Mabel, don't kiss Dipper on the neck. That's gross. (laughs) You're like, 12. Gravity Falls has the Cal Arts art style and shoehorned in a gay couple at the end, so now it's a progressive darling. So, of course, the fucking ugly lesbian couple straight out of Tumblr who can't, like, probably just became lesbian because of their lack of options, like, girl version of Jailhouse Gay, are gonna fucking come in cosplaying Dipper and Mabel at the anime convention. But, like I said, the cosplay itself was good and they were fine people. Like, they didn't do anything obnoxious. It was just gross. Also, I know it wasn't anime, but the guy that was cosplaying Chris Tucker's character from Fifth Element, <laughs> uh, props to you, you're the man. Um, There's also a guy who was cosplaying as a Yoko body pillow. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Yeah, he had, he had you know, arms cut out of the pillow, but he also had the face cut out, so it's like this hot chick, and then man face. I thought it was that, wonderful. That guy was funny. It was some good cosplays. But, I mean, man, the, the fucking... The, the social outcasts were in full force this year. Part of the yard, folks. I've been at a convention for 12 hours. It wasn't, you know... Of course you're going to get that at an anime con, but it, it seemed exceptionally abundant this year. And, the Lord, there were a lot of Undertale, but not as much as there could have been. Also, but there the, was somebody, a fat chick cosplaying as Kirby. She took a pink tank top and drew some shitty eyes on it. And that was it. And I think she may have painted herself pink. But she was talking. And she's fat and had giant boobs. So Kirby was just a jiggling away. And it was weird. If you're going to have giant boobs, make like one boob Kirby. And like one bro- boob Waldy. Like, that would be funny. Don't just be gross. No, you know what's funny? Some obese chick, because of course it's an obese chick, it's an outcast, probably has a tumbler. Fat girls have tumblers. Um, Fucking cosplaying as blue lesbian from Mm -hmm. Steven Universe. But because of her fatness... She didn't look like she's from Steven Universe, okay? She looked like she fucking ate the gum she's not supposed to eat from Wonka's factory. He looked at the fucking scene from Willy Wonka with the chick that just ballooned like a blueberry. I, I just, it's so hard not to laugh. 
so fucking hard when she walked by because that's what exactly what the like you would have to to put effort to view her as a Steven Universe character before you'd view her as that scene from Willy Wonka. Like, holy dams. This is what I'm talking about. You gotta have some level of self-awareness before you go out of the house as a fat girl in blue face paint in a world where there exists an iconic movie made decades before you were born where a girl ballooned like a blueberry and turned that shade of blue. Maybe then you don't walk out of the house as a chick with a balloon-like figure in that shade of blue. Maybe just, you know, be aware of yourself and your surroundings. But if you don't want to, if you want to pretend like everybody else has to kowtow to you, fine. There's always going to be people like me recording podcasts like this, making fun of your blueberry ass. Mm-hmm. Um... There's a lot of people annoyed me today. Saturday will be better. Disco tech panel. Yep. I'm looking forward to that one. And I'm still quite perturbed over Funimation. Still pretending Dragon Ball Super doesn't exist. So. Um, do you want to talk about the Arasali and Dealer's Room tonight, or do we want to leave that to- for tomorrow? Leave that tomorrow. There's not All much right. to say, except for, for some reason, Anime News Network got a giant sign to hang above the ceiling. I guess, like, a real-life banner ad. I don't know. I thought they had a fucking, what, they have a booth here? They're selling stuff at the fucking Dealer's Room, but nope. Well, okay, it was a banner and an ad, so I guess, yeah, it, it was. They just, they just got one there. Ten bucks to anyone who yanks that shit down. (laughs) I think it was very, very high up, so that'd be quite impressive on its own. Yeah. I wish, though, um, I wish we could talk, uh, not uh, that, I wish we could take photos of the things in the art auction, because there's some that I want to show y'all, and I'm like, oh wait, they can't take photos? Darn. Like this one Milo Pony picture. Really cute. Um, really well done. It was the ponies as carousel horses, and they were all in different poses. Very adorable. Except they all had bridles on, which made it look fetishy. Because you have all the My Little Pony characters, who are of human intelligence, wearing things that look like they're keeping their mouths closed. It was kind of creepy. I don't know if they meant it to look creepy, but it was. Talk about creepy, that fucking life-sized... Um, realistic rocket raccoon statue. Oh, yes. Impressively made. But we kept joking to um, Emily that she should get it and then leave it for her fiancé to find. Like, okay, what did I do wrong? Or, like, if she has any photos or letters from, like, an ex, hide them under the raccoon. He'll never look here. Right, so, we're gonna we're gonna stop for tonight. And for you all listening, it will be but a moment before Saturday begins. Um, oh God, we get we have to get up early. Yeah, we, yeah, we do. So, uh, byezy bye, and we're back from that long, excruciating wait. That was so so long. God, mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I hope they didn't. I didn't mean quit. That's us being sarcastic. I'm not funny. Uh, today is now Saturday. We finished the Saturday leg of the tour. It was. Uh... It was an experience. Uh, not as much experience as Friday, because for some reason they decided to put everything on Friday, which is usually they put all the, you know, must-see stuff on Saturday. Not quite sure what they were thinking. Unless you, unless must-see stuff includes uh, panels on sexism in whatever. It's always everything sexist. And um, gay people in whatever, because everything's about gender. 
I'm special. But make sure not to cross those over. Don't have sexism with your gays. Because, like, that's a no-no. Those two shouldn't touch. Yeah, Ghostbusters taught us don't cross streams. Don't do it. Mm. Ghostbusters also taught us not to cross, like, all women don't cross, sexism. Don't cross the genders. Just, just no. Don't cross the genders. You make a shitty movie. Um, now, w- most of what we have to talk about today is two we, the two industry panels we went to. God, did we only go to two? Yeah. Was it only two? Today Wait. was an empty day. Was it only two? Yeah, because it was Discotech and then Anaplex. Yeah, we went to Discotech, which is the best thing ever. Um, I could just go on for half an hour about every single thing they did right and every single thing every other place did wrong. I made a friend. Um, and the fun thing is I was complaining about something with her, and she was like, yeah, I've noticed industry panels have been getting way more cringy. And I was like, yes, okay, a complete stranger agrees with me that the industry panels nowadays are cringy as fuck. Like, okay, I I feel a little more valid now. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, and this was her first Otacon, too, she, but, so she's hit up, like, all, all different anime cons, so it's not just an Otacon thing. Yeah, but you know who's not cringy? Discotech. We love them. They are such professional. I love Discotech. We love them so much. I, we really do. They could only license the stupidest things and we would still love their ability to do presentations. And not only that, the care these people put into every goddamn title, hand mastering every fucking frame. Some guy working at CNN spending all his off time after work using the. CNN facilities to remaster IGPX and go through all this shit. My thought is like other panels one of the biggest complaints I have uh, because of all the things to be kind of a nerd about I'm a nerd about presentations like the ability to present oneself and also the ability to make powerpoints. I'm just a fangirl about it. It's the weirdest thing to focus on but it's there and when I'm looking at how all of these industry professionals present themselves. A lot of them nowadays, especially the women, which is constantly annoying, they'll do, I'm in there too, tee And imagine me just poking a finger into my cheek and striking a cutesy pose. She actually is. Yes. Um, but at discotheque, like, one of them was kind of nerdy, like he was getting to that point. But all of them are just like, we're nerds, we love this stuff. And moving on. like they just, about it. They just, it's just a part of who they are. They don't have to tell you about it. They don't have to connect with you. They just do good stuff and let that speak for itself. And it does so well. Like, if it was a choice, I would prefer somebody who is completely, completely uninterested in anime presenting these panels than someone who is, I'm in there, TD. Because that's irritating and unprofessional. Like, truly unprofessional for a bunch of professionals to be doing. And this has happened every year that I've been there, so it's like a growing rage that I'm pretty sure I've ranted about before here. Like, oh, guys, stop already. Yeah, discotheque, however. Love them. Professional. Their PowerPoints are kind of like, you could tell they're not the biggest company, and they fucking should be, because the, the level... I am astonished by everything they do in their releases. They don't just, oh, we got the license of the show. Let's put it out. Like, okay, we got the license show. Okay, you, go through frame by frame and remaster this to the highest quality 
picture you can make something that was made in like 1976. Also, like you mentioned their powerpoints. Mm-hmm. Um the guy who's the main leader. Um uh, look, cause there's three guys. There's Mike Tool who worked apparently used to work at Anime News Network, but we will not hold that against him <laughs> because he is a good man with a grown man voice who is a professional and now works at Discotech and by working at Discotech he has been cleansed of his sins. Mm. Um, he mentions a joke that, um, there was this, uh, like, um, stock art guy, like, an okay sign in a business suit, and he made a joke like, I took this from an old office presentation. Um, and he had said earlier, the whole reason they have him go to the cons is because he's done presentations, and he, he can do the presentations. Um really good quality presentations um compared to anaplex i'm gonna skip ahead to say they had black logos and then a black background on multiple slides and this is something i've seen a problem you know happens to everyone when they're in high school people don't realize that what happens on the computer screen is not going to come out that clearly when it's up on a wall because there are generally there's generally ambient light that washes things out, while on a computer screen it's brightly lit, much more contrast. I realize I'm speaking like Cody when he's talking about something, you know, actually cool, and I'm talking about PowerPoint presentations. God, I need a life. <laughs> but Anaplex, multiple slides had black logos on a black background. I think uh, Cody tweeted one of the images, and it's impossible to see. And then, like, you know, these guys, discotheque, it's just like, oh my god, I'm learning so much from your PowerPoint presentation. The deaf could understand what's going on and be excited. Yeah. And I just gotta say again, the, the shit that they do for these releases, the fuck, they went, licensed all this shit. Oh my god, did you see the difference between in the video quality with that one Lupin the Third special? Mm-hmm. It was more vibrant, it was much more um, clean. Um, didn't have that weird, like, rang out effect that a lot of older uh, things will have. And I, uh, what was it? Um, Ray Earth, was it? Yeah. Okay, so... Magic, Knight, or- Ray, Magic Knight Ray Earth. That was it. The original quality, as in... Okay, they went to the company that owned it, and they got um, the video. And it looked like a VCR recording of a television show. <laughs> That had degraded. It had, like, all those funky stripes going on. It had that weird blur at the top of the screen. And then, was this one of the ones that, like, they did crazy stuff. Um, Just crazy, crazy crazy-ass stuff to remaster. It looked like it had just been animated this year. I mean, the style, obviously, did not. But the quality of it, in the cleanness of the lines, of just everything. And they joked even, like, it was so hard to find the sparkle for that logo that matched the original sparkle. They recreated... Because one of the features they're adding on the Magic Knight Ray Earth DVD is the pilot for the Canadian recut, redub... Because apparently in Canada they were going to make it more of like a little kids thing, huh. and that's they have that cheesy opening. So it's like they they you know, they're including like the Canadian pilot because they only made one episode of that pilot. So they had to you know that's they had like a shit quality recording of that. That's what that was. was I think I looked pilot. at the phone for that one sentence of an explanation. Yeah. So they went and took the original Japanese masters, resynced it. To the Canadian pilot audio, retouched up the audio so the audio is cleaner. 
And then they even like recreated the little effect that they made for that Logo. Canadian yeah, Canadian broadcast. Like they got re got the font and even the effect that it kind of twinkles into th- onto the screen or off the screen. And like they do all this work, and the one complaint they mention is it was so hard to get that uh, sparkle for the logo. Like what? Like to, to recreate that effect, yeah. Guys, you uh, you guys are wonderful. Let's just give some of Formation's money makers to you. And then like the stuff they do, like the Mega Man animated series, they get the Mega Man cartoon, and they did the box art, like an old box for like a Capcom. NES game, like, right down, it's got the blue band. They even they even made it, like, some white faded corners. Like, it's an old game. And then if you look in the back, and it's even got the three screenshots with little um, subtitle, blurbs, yeah, little yeah. Cl- blurbs, and it's actually funny. Mm-hmm. Like, one was, was a Pharaoh Man just sucking Mega yeah, Man in that, the face the, the, of little, like, Pharaoh Man's a real scary guy. And I was like, Pharaoh Man's not having any of this crap or something <laughs> yeah. like that. I was like, this is the famous scene where Pharaoh Man punches Mega Man in the face when he's doing the whole, I got your power now, <laughs> thing. That usually, usually the bad guy, when he gets their power, the bad guy's like, oh no! And it's like, and that one, Mega Man gets his power, and it's like, now I've got your power! <laughs> and Pharaoh Man just punched him in the face. Um, so, like, of course they included that on in the back. Like, these guys just... They know what they're doing. They love what they're doing. They put so they rent. They went back. They took an old show. Was it Legend of Galactic Railroad? I think it was the one with the little bear people on the front or cat yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, little cat people. Yeah, and they they went and actually re- re-recorded one line of dialogue because they messed up. No, it wasn't up. recorded. They need to shift it because it was actually originally put to the wrong person. Crispin Freeman directed and acted in that one. He personally contacted them to make sure they fixed that. Which also was really endearing because Crispin Freeman's one of my favorites. <laughs> there was a, one of the really crappy show, looking shows that Anaplex had had Crispin Freeman. I turned to Cody and went, okay, I'm watching it. <laughs> it's like, oh no, I'm turning him into one of them. <laughs> it's okay, we'll, we'll put you through a dehabilitation camp or something. Um... God, they got, they're bringing over the whole Lupin the Third TV series, the Red Jacket with the entire dub, and then everything that they didn't dub. They're bringing over the movies that they remastered. They're, oh my God, so much shit. The only way it could have gotten better is, is like, not only are we did we get all the Pioneer dub of Lupin the Third, but then we went and contacted the, the original actors, and we're going to dub everything from where they left off. Be like, holy shit. And I think that they would want to do that. Yeah, if they could. That's why we need to support discotech so they can have the ability to do that. Just start, oh, this old show didn't get dubbed. Let's dub it! Um, but the um, the Cat Railroad one, which looks really cute, actually. I might check that out. Um, they, there, it was, I don't completely understand the terminology. Um, but the idea I got was it was a little more square than it should be. And not the quality it should be. So one of the guys who wasn't at the panel, like someone a little upline, I think, just decided to take the video and adjust it to be better. He didn't need to. He could have left it the way it was, but was like, you know what? I can make this better. I'm going to make this better. There's a little cat railroad looking thing. I could do it. And they they re-released... The Street Fighter 2 animated movie, the only good Street Fighter media, we've talked about this besides the games, um, oh my god, everything they did, it's all three uh, edits, and mm-hmm. all three um, scripts 
included all three English dubs, the PG-13 dub, the unrated U.S. dub, and the unrated U.K. dub, which is the most uncut. Fully uncut. Everything's there. Um, they found old, um, the voice acting when they were getting the, um, like, the recordings, they found unused lines. So one extra feature they did was they, uh, put in the lines. So they'll play the scene over, um, with all the different, like, lines that could have been, um, which I, like, got the impression that was, uh, for example, different names of the powers. Yeah, like, the like if there names. were, it, like, if there were different, three different versions of attack names they might have used, they had the recordings for all of those. Yeah, so they, they, they have that as an option, too, where you can hear the English dub, and you can also hear it over the different tracks, if you want the, the, uh, English release with all the, uh, licensed rock music, which normally I would decry, but that was the one movie where it was ever done right, like, when they did it with the... DBZ movies, it was terrible and cringy. They they picked a perfect licensed music soundtrack <laughs> for that movie. Um, they also, um, and they did this in a couple, um, for I think that and I think Dark Stalkers. Dark Stalkers. It's late. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Well, let me finish, oh. let me finish this real quick. Maybe. Oh, no, I was going to just say, they, um, they have the subtitles for Japanese, and they even give you the option of which uh, naming conventions you want. So if you want English names or if you want Japanese names. It's little touches like that that's like, oh, that, that really actually makes sense. So you can watch the subtitle <coughs> version where they call M. Bison M. Bison, or they call him Vega, if, if that bothers you. <laughs> Leanne's having a coughing fit. She'll be okay. She's not dead. She's just got frog in her throat. Um, Damn, I need to go for Sunday. I can't die now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was just, oh my god, and they got, they even let you play any of the English cuts you want to either the American soundtrack or the Japanese soundtrack, if you want that J-pop in there. <laughs> you could play either fucking one you want, or and you could play any of the three dubs you want, and you can then have that dub either say Shoryuken or Dragon Fist. I don't think it was that, I think it was like they would play the scene over and over and show you the different ones, I think it was like a special feature okay. deal. Okay, okay, well Which, that's still neat. Yes, I mean, very neat. The, oh, oh. No, no, I think it was, because they, you, if, if, you want, if you want your Wave Fist, they, I think they said it like it's a track. We will find out. Yeah, because I bought the movie. Because they, they have it early, so if you didn't get it at Otacon, you're going to have to wait a few months. But I don't have to wait a few months. I fucking got that shit. Hmm. Um, one of them, and I, I think it was that one, mm-hmm. um, one of the features also is they found old production art. Because the problem is they need to figure out how to translate a 2D fighter into a more three-dimensional animation. Still 2D, but the way the characters move. So they have um, video of the... Um, of the when the animators were figuring out, you know, how a kick would look, how a punch would look, how all these characters looked in th- basically 3D, and so they'll play it a few times and then show you it slower so you can see each picture by picture. That's so cool. That's such a cool extra because so many people love looking at production art, love looking at concept art, things like that, and boom, it's a feature. Just gotta throw it in. They they will include as much extras as they can. Look, discotheque. You all gotta support them, especially if you like classic shows, a lot of rescued shows, um, like stuff that uh, like dead now dead companies like Pioneer lost and they picked up. These guys give it the royal treatment. 
if if you have any interest in these old shows, which you should, because that was some heyday with animation with anime back when they gave a damn, back when shit had detail, and back when women had noses. Okay, Cody, Cody, getting mm-hmm. one show. Uh... Oh yes, oh my god, but yeah, support Discotech is what I'm saying. But yeah, they had they they went out of their way to license a show that's infamously bad. It's sixty. It's on like sixty five five minute episodes. Like Charge Man Ken. Yeah, the funny shit. They showed the animation. He, um, the guy, the the main guy, Mike Tool, said, um, I'm, I actually went out of my way, or I went and made a trailer that I feel is indicative of this show's quality. Mm. And you already know it's gotta be good, because he had just said he's not the guy who does that stuff. Mm. Oh my god, horrible animation. The little reference I just made was like the guy kicks like an alien out of a spaceship, and the animation is literally just a. A little black figure falling. Uh, no, this no, is really flat. No, and, no, it wasn't that. Was it, it was it funnier mm-hmm. because I thought they messed with the audio because it was like pitched down. Yeah. So it's like no. <laughs> but he like he went and he go up the screen, so it just looked like a gag. Just like get kicked him out. Like no. And then and he the, flies yeah. and he flies into another ship. <laughs> like that's the no. Like it was the funniest shit. And like, and then, like I, some, I have some, to check this out. Some They've child, me. some child with a butcher knife tries to kill somebody, but then the mother just slaps him and they stop. Like, what the hell happened? I need to know. <laughs> like, we need to know more about this show. This is, looks like another one of those like amazingly bad, like fucking Musashi Gundo type shit. I, I need to see this. I need it in my life. It's like anime. The room. Uh, yeah, they licensed that. They only got streaming rights. They said they they might get home video. Right, so yeah, if when you find it streaming, folks, watch that shit. Charge Man Ken, holy dams, I love discotech. Mm-hmm. They are so good. They, they saved so- Cromarty. Yeah, we love Cromarty over here. And can I, another reason to support discotech, dude. Dirt prices at their booth in the dealers room dirt are cheap. dirt cheap. They are dirt cheap. Like twelve dollars for some stuff was like the lowest I've seen at a convention ever. Um, like, most of the stuff seemed to hover 25, 30, 35. Yes, dirt cheap. Can't emphasize that enough. I got this fucking Street Fighter set for 25 bucks. A new release that they added a... Bu- an ass load is not enough to describe the amount of extras on this thing. A ton of shit. Wait, no. Not that order. A shit ton of stuff. Yeah. Um, and it was only 25 bucks for something that's not even out yet. Like they're they're releasing it early. You're dumb if you don't go to one of their booths at a con. You're getting anime for ridiculously fucking cheap. This is so so. This is fucking bargain bin prices for new, fresh, beautiful, crisp releases. There's. I love this company. Mm-hmm. I want to fuck this company. Mm-hmm. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna after this is over. Although, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a paper bag over your head with the discotech media logo, mm-hmm. so I can pretend I'm fucking this company. Okay, but I mean, making comments like this, I don't know if I should be glad or not glad that none of the presenters were women. Because <laughs> Cody, I'm getting worried here. I'm getting my worries up. Well, you want to talk about getting worried? What came after discotech? Aniplex. Yeah, we went to the... My favorite logo and jingle. Awful, awful presentation. Well, they're... I think they just specialize in weeb shit. Yeah. Like, every fucking thing there was... 
weeb trash. It was just garbage. They have the rights to Mushishi. They won't put out the rest of it. They're just sitting on it. They have the rights to Roroni Kenshin. They straight up said in the fucking panel, we have no plans on a re-release. Good luck finding Roroni Kenshin DVDs, suckers. But they're re-releasing Fate Stay because they've gotten a lot of requests for that. The re-release, apparently fucking Kenshin didn't have enough fucking Ugu's. Would I get... I'm baffled by the idea of sitting on licenses. Like, I know sometimes it makes sense. I know that sometimes there are upline issues, for example, the original holders, that you can't do things with. But the problem is, to me, a story has a fan base. If you go too long without doing something, that fan base will leave and spend their money elsewhere. I would think that you would want to jump on that bandwagon ASAP, while the fans are still around, as opposed to like sing on a season two, where not only are your season one fans not paying attention, but you won't even get new fans because it's the second fucking season. Mm-hmm. Like no one, no one likes coming in in part two. People will do it, but they don't well, they like could, they it. They could go. Nothing stopping them from buying part one. Do they only have season two? No. Yeah. No, they, oh, they, the customers buying part one. Well, obviously they won't put out DVD re-releases. I mean, it's they're gonna release season two in like a decade. They're planning on putting out season one again. Nope. But we have so more weeb shit for you. So much weeb shit. Oh my so god. So much weeb shit. Just everything. All this shit sounds the same and looks the same. How's anybody excited for this? Hey, it's another show where the girls look like generic anime girls, and on the trailer, it's a it's a J-pop song that sounds like every other J-pop song. By the way, I'm convinced that J-pop is structured like kind of like dubstep, where it has the same thing. Like you know, how dubstep builds up to a drop and drop the bass, and then it goes to drop like like this club EDM dubstep shit, um, or that. Like it does that same thing. I'm convinced J-pop is structured the same way. It'll, it'll like, you, you got like bare minimum if any instruments, and then the oh, girl and a girl singing. Yeah, a girl singing, of course. And she'll come in like. Like they hear the melodic loop will come in. Well, it's the perfect way to do an anime opener because you got your calm, you know, start of the animation. Maybe you drop in a couple logos if you feel like it, but you're probably just going to do a little animation. And then the, you know, she builds it up, and then the loud instrument hits, and that's when the um, the story, the the anime logo pops on. With Especially if it's an action show, which these are all weeby action shows, the action goes on, and it shows whatever kind of fighting is going on. And that's, that's why. That's why, because it's the perfect anime opener. Also, I was so vindicated. At one point, they were giving out some Monogatari stuff, and a, somebody who's a big Monogatari fan came up. It was um, it was a very strange-looking man with a with a dumpy build. Um, seemed to have sideburns only one side of his head, and he was wearing a skirt. Not not any sort of skirt, a pleated skirt, so full-on girl skirt skirt. No, it's not a costume. Those were just clothes. It was odd. It's a fan of Monogatari. You were saying something? No, no, I was just making an agreeing noise with you. Oh, you inhaled like you were going to say something. No, I fucking... Oh, my God. It was awful. The Anaplex was just... It was torture. Oh, God. The fucking goofy 
cringy presenters. One of them's like, I like hot chip on ship action. And then, like, he was like talking about how good this this literally sailor, not sailor moon sailor show is. And he was talking about how good the ships were. And he tried to make a joke, and it just got weird. And, like, they're saying, oh, I love this show because it has accurate ships. Okay, here's a trailer. Big eyes, pastels. Everything is pastels. Everything's fucking pastel. And then it's like, Santa, Santa girls. Like, they're all saying it in unison. It's like, oh, what the fuck were you trying to use to sell this show? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry, I'm too acquainted with the inside of a vagina to be, to be able to properly enjoy this show. Perhaps if I had a few more pounds on me and a few more smells. By the way, uh, fat guys, you need to bathe too. I don't know what, why it seems to be like fat nerd dudes I are the say, stinkiest. I, 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 um, wow. Hi, mouth. Nice to meet you. Um, although I was pretty disappointed with a lot of things with the SoCon, I will say one thing. Significantly less stank going on. True. Like, it was... I don't... I, I've hit maybe three times of something really bad, which in that huge crowd of people, impressive. So I will give the con-goers that credit. Significantly less stank. I was very pleased. Yeah. It, that and, and the Anaplex panel seemed to be encouraging the people that like to yell along and talk to the panelists, like we were talking about before. It seemed like everybody was doing that. Maybe that's why they're doing that, because people like fucking Anaplex are encouraging them, so when mm. they go to other panels that are more professional, they're like, why is why am I alone here? I hate fucking pew beard. It was also um, more of the bullshit I don't like. I just stopped there. Um, <laughs> for example, they were doing... It, it was just... You know what you're going to present. Be prepared. Figure out what you like about these shows before one of your other presenters asks you. Because it's not encouraging when someone asks, asks what do you like about this show, girl, uh, presenter number three. And presenter number three replies, I love all of it. No. No. I think nothing shuts down my interest in a show faster than that. Um, this is like, first off, you're just unprofessional and obviously unprepared. And psych off, that means you could not think of literally anything. And it's never, you know, I love everything about it. I love the characters. I love the crisp animation. I love the beautiful score. Scores done by name here. You know, um, I, I'm a big fan of anything by studio here. So, like... It's so hard to pick out just one thing. Because that, that, like, you know, that's just our overwhelmed day. It's a beloved show. It's always, oh, I love everything. You know, the characters are great. And I I really, really love the story. Um, um. Also, um, I, I think everybody that works at anime studios um, has an issue where they just just keep crying over shit because apparently every other show that these people are are licensing like this show made me cry oh my god i cried at episode seven i cried at episode one i cried i saw this i cried who cried anybody cry i cried all of you people are crying over every other show that comes out like uh, <laughs> um is this like the new meme 
Like, did we miss all the panels where they were like, oh, like, oh, Dick's out for Harambee for this show? Oh, wait, no, we did get that. It was called The Dealer's Fucking Room. Yeah, um, Dick's out for Harambee's dead, which is sad because that was actually a funny meme. Um, I was having a lot of fun with that one, but uh, apparently it's dead because there was some cringy Harambee shit um, in The Dealer's Room. Just imagine every ten seconds. Buy it for Harambee. Buy it for Harambee. From the one fucking guy. I got these really cute necklaces. And it sucked that I had to buy them because I had to keep listening to this man. Buy it for Harambe. A few seconds there. Buy it for it, Harambe. It was a figure of, you. If of of Great Ape from uh, Dragon Ball. Like a generic saying. I guess it's supposed to be Goku from original Dragon Ball. When he turned into a Great Ape. Uh, but this was it. Buy it for Harambe. Buy it for Harambe. Buy it for Harambe. I'm gonna kill you. See, I got, I got the, I got the rhythm down right and everything. And then there was, there was one. You ready for this? Oh, guys, guys, this is so funny. You are going to love that. This is like some Monty Python level humor. It's gonna knock your socks <gasps> right off. Oh yes, they're off. Let them fly. Yes. Okay. So they, as you know, Diglett from Pokemon resembles genitalia. Kind of looks like penises. Not really, but it's a cylinder shape that ends in a in a certain a rounded end. It's literally a meat tube, so I guess that's as close as you're gonna get. Yeah. So um, it was a someone had drawn on like some grab bags at a booth, at a at, at a at the dealer's room. It was a bunch of diglets. It was a Doug trio. It was a Doug trio, and it said, "Diglets out for Harambe." Which would have been okay if terrible, but then there were other ones that were like, Pidgey's out for Harambe, Jorotini's out for Harambe, and it was like, oh, so you're not even good at being bad. I'm just so glad that you could meme us today and kill a once funny meme. Now, instead of laughing when I see Harambe stuff, I'm going to be sad, and it's all your fault. Dumbasses in the Otakon dealer's room. Uh, so yeah, that Harambe's dead. R.I.P. Harambe. On the plus side, there were uh, non-dumbasses in the dealer's room. Um, good amount of really cute merch. Um, like I said, I got a couple necklaces. Got a really cute plush. Uh, probably gonna be uh, mentioning uh, the people that I bought from on Twitter if anyone wants to see some cute shit. Um, I got a Wall D plush to complete my Kirby collection, so I am content. Um, and I also had a really good chat with one of those, uh, video game, de- like, the people buy really old video games and resell them. Um, which, it's always nice when you get the people who, like, aren't in the, how do I put it? like, like, with anime, a lot of the people are into anime, and that's why they're selling anime stuff, but they're also into anime, so they're huge weebs, so they're weird to talk to. This dude is chill. Like I just asked him like how their business about their business model, and he gave me a really good answer. I was like, I am, I just, I want you to have all the profits, dude. <laughs> it's obvious that you are a professional businessman, which plays into what I was saying with all the uh, things earlier. I would rather have a professional who isn't in this industry because of passion, doing things like talking with people, than a huge nerd. Cause nerds aren't professional. Sorry, everyone. You have to work harder because you're a nerd. So I've just concluded. And, oh my god, the the Anaplex panel was just... Horrendous. It was humiliating to sit through. <sighs> the fu- I cried, I cried, guys. And then they have a boys love thing, which is hilariously melodramatic, mm-hmm. and nothing... And of course the girl is the one who's enthusiastic about it. 
Yeah. Oh, and there's a guy with a laptop. I, I don't know who he mm-hmm. worked for. I guess he worked for Anaplex. He was on their... He was, like, next to their stage. But he could have been, like, Otakon um, tech, so... Possibly. He was somebody. And he had, a, he had a laptop, and he had stickers on his laptop. And one of them was, like, something like reject bigotry, and it no, is... No, stop hate. No, stop bigotry. I know was bigotry. This? Oh, bigotry, yeah. yes. And it had a silhouette of Donald Trump. Do you get it? It's kind of subtle. You might not get it. And then the other one, there was another one on there that was, um, it was an, it was a silhouette of Capitol Hill, but then it was colored in red and had like, looked like a communist flag or something. And it had, uh, be brave written in like Russian, a Russian looking font. Now, the funny thing about the Trump sticker was it made it look like Trump is going to stop bigotry. Like, I would think if you're anti-Trump, you're going to put, like, that, you know, circle with a line through it. Like, stop bigotry, and you're stopping him. Like, stop smoking, and you have this cigarette with the thing. Instead, it just looks like they're pro-Trump, anti-bigotry. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. It's a summary of love today. Ugh. Mm. Um, well, I kicked a lot of ass in the game room, mm-hmm. so that was. What was your running streak? Um, constant. I told you to keep track. <laughs> uh, it was like, well, yeah, but I purposely didn't, so I'd have plausible deniability because you're all like, you gotta leave, gotta leave, gotta leave. You're in too much. We'll say you gotta leave. I'm Leanne. I'm a narc. <laughs> no one else is saying anything, but I gotta be that person. I mean, was hall monitor? Was that what you did back in school? Were you the what hall monitor? He- we didn't have hall monitors. We had 81 children in our school. What did we need a monitor for? What's it? What? How are you using narc, Mister? You're trying to because you were like, you were like getting in front of the TV after I was on a streak, and everybody around me is all sucking my dick, and I've got hype going. There's Obviously, hype. There's hype I'm all around. Jealous. Uh, there's hype all around me, and you got to be the one of TV. You have to leave. Cody, you're the one dating me. <laughs> When I started dating you, I didn't know you were fucking narc, <laughs> narking me out. The rules say it's three. You see anyone else complaining? Everyone else was like, I want a shot at that guy. I want a shot at that guy. You want to be like, sorry, you can't have a shot at that guy. The rules say it's three. I am the ga- Otakon Game Room Hall Monitor. <laughs> Don't yell at me in front of the children. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I won a lot. Um, if if you were there, I was schmecky. I was, people were marveling at my Ganon and Dedede. Let's be honest. With the name Schmecky, anyone who would know you from here already would have recognized you. You're going to get people like searching your tag and finding your Twitter and going to here. So hi guys. Uh, hello. Y'all were really cool. Yeah. I'm not sorry. Fuck you. Mm. Not to them, to you, the one in the room with me. <laughs> Fuck you. That's later. <laughs> now if you keep acting like a bitch. You'll still fuck me. Eh. <laughs> not... I have no self-respect. <laughs> or restraint. Uh, no, I'm just going to get fight bait more, more like, material. Ah, see, his girlfriend doesn't even have a choice in the matter. <laughs> She's just with them because she doesn't have self-esteem. <laughs> no, she you're, she doesn't have a choice in the matter, but it has nothing to do with self-esteem or me. It's, it's, well, you know, I'm not going to. I I I'm getting too personal. Yeah, already. Well, we didn't do the thing we were gonna do where we we're gonna find a big crowd of lonely nerds and just furiously make out, make everyone super awkward. Yeah, but we did that the first year. 
that you why you stop can... now <laughs> see how she is you see this is what I'm talking about there was a, an Undertale photo shoot, and we did not take advantage of this. Although, <laughs> although Kevin went, um, he said it was very nice, although cringy. Um, but we should have gone there and just started making. Oh yeah, oh, oh, oh human oh, contact. Um, oh, humans, oh, since oh, you're all into monsters, physical, physical relationships. Oh, mm. This is what a girl feels like. <laughs> oh. Um, one thing that did bar me was they made a photo shoot one was in the main lobby or one of the main lobbies of Oakon, which I understand why it's actually very pretty. Um, if you see any of those pictures with the big fountains, um, that's where it was. The downside was this is one of the main crossroads and you put in a big photo shoot. They put the goddamn Jojo photo shoot in the main crossroad. Like, oh, guys, really? Is there no other beautiful place that you can host? I, okay, I know one of the main beautiful places set currently under construction. But my point still stands. Um, unless I'm getting my Otakon layout wrong, which I may be. I'm not very good at it. Um, there's this, right. this um, Skywalk um, that is currently closed. And I know photo shoots were there because yeah. they were out in the open. It was yeah. big. It was away from the crowds. That is where it was under and construction. And now, now it's closed. And... Uh, Oh, oh. Yeah, well, I got to kick a lot of ass to smash. So at the end of the day, I walked out happy. <laughs> um, and I, I got you your nar, your nom wall, buddy. Yes, I'm gonna be I, there. I know there's a picture. She got a new friend. Um, on the on the AO Twitter of some of the swag I got. I'm gonna be posting more pictures because I know some guys, some of you guys out there want to see some cute. Um, and I know a couple of the things I got were from. Um, will look like smaller companies or more um, one or two people companies. I like to support them because, you know, I'll say Foundation is just burning me out on big companies. So I'm like, fuck you, I'm going to support all the smaller people in the dealer's room because you suck at presenting. I'm a very, very simple beast. I hope no one told the Funimation people there were some Gamergate creep shows at their panel. Oh no! Did I make oh, that yeah. joke last night? I don't think. I don't I think you did. I made it on Twitter. Oh I don't know. well, you'll find out if you're watching, listening to the podcast, and I make the same joke twice in one podcast. This is recorded over days, people. So it's been a well, new day. Well, you already told them that like an hour ago. Their memories aren't that bad. You think you're funny? I do. You think you're better than me? <laughs> no. Didn't I mention my crippling self-esteem <laughs> issues? You want to fight me? Yes. Let's fucking fight. All I right. will fucking fight you. I'm going to fucking fight this woman. <laughs> fight we're, you. We're going to fucking fight. So As Kevin comes into her. Hey, guys, I brought some McDonald's for you. Oh, uh, Which, Kevin's wonderful. He, br- he brings us McDonald's in the morning because he's wonderful. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. We love you. Uh, so yeah, I'm a, I'm, me and her are gonna fucking fight. Not really gonna fuck and fight. So, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so, we'll see y'all Sunday. This is why Max doesn't listen to any of the episodes he's not in. <laughs> we'll see y'all Sunday. And boom. Day three. Final day. Sunday. Bloody Sunday. Otakon's over. Otakon's over forever in the Baltimore Convention Center. Well... Is it like I heard that they're moving to DC for five years and then they're going to reevaluate? Yeah, they might be back. Because the convention center, from what I heard, might be wrong. We'll see. Um, I'll do my research later. Professional podcast here. Um, I heard that the convention center actually is going under renovations. 
Um, so Otakon had the choice if they move to somewhere else in Baltimore or if they go to D.C. And D.C. won the bid, which I, I love that. The cities literally fought to decide who gets the moneymaker that is Otakon. Yeah, so um, I'll miss the convention center in that I had some really good memories there. I associate that convention center with good times. I have a lot of good memories. But um, it's horribly designed. I mean, it's not horribly... We were discussing this earlier. It's not horribly designed for smaller conventions. You know, not 30,000 people. Because, like, I think the idea of the convention center is, like, a business convention is there, another business convention is there, a wedding is down there, and something else is up there, and they're all separate. So it's okay if, you know, Escher designed the building with every staircases everywhere and floors that don't connect, you know? But yeah. when it's the entire center and the hotel, too, are the same deal, you know, it gets a little confusing. And getting from point A to point B is super counterintuitive in that place. But I will miss it. I'm just thinking back to all the times I've been there, and it's likely that I'll never be there again. DC's got to be worse. <laughs> Who know? I hope not. Um, oh, go ahead. No, no, I was, I was just imagining, like, like, every floor has one room. <laughs> um... It's like that. So it's, a, it's like that kids' book that some of y'all may have read by Lewis Sacker. Like, okay, so you have one room, and we have a uh, three hundred panels going on. Good luck. <laughs> um, we didn't really do much today except we went to that one panel. It's like growing up in the industry with Aaron Dismuke and who was the other guy? I don't know. He's the guy that plays Genos. I forget his name. He's new. Genos and the guy who played Al in the in the first dub. I want to say Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah, yeah, Aaron Dismuke. I know his name, but I don't know the other guy. He's new. Yes. Um, but he but not be- new, because they grew up in the industry. Yeah, but he's new. He's new to me. Mm. Um, and he's, he's still new in the industry for the most part. And then there was also a guest to the guest panel of... Who was Ka- it? Caitlin Glass. Yes. Um, and they were all hysterical. Um, like, one thing that we complimented Crispin Freeman on in the past... Um, was that he could take any of these questions and make them interesting. And they had a little bit of the same deal where just every question, um, they were just interesting and or funny about it. Um, like even Dismuke. the stupid ones, they got something out of. And I like that. I like when a voice actor can do that. Aaron Dismuke is a really, really funny guy, which I did not know that about him. He is mm-hmm. also a tall drink of water. Um, motherfucker's like a he's like goddamn... A One Piece character with how Oda will make some people just tower above everybody else. He's like fucking tall as shit. I thought tall drink of water was a compliment to the sexual attractiveness of a person. I've never heard that as a sexual thing. I've always just heard it as like an old timey way of saying that fella sure is tall. He's a tall drink of water. Um, it, if it is, I don't know. I've never heard it used in a solely sexual connotation. Well, well, we'll find out. Google will come to our rescue. Look, you know, Google is sexist i mm. think i don't know fuck google um the o's in google look like boobs it's sexist um yeah so that was a really good panel uh, really funny really enjoyable uh, a lot of cringe in the audience but there's always cringe in the audience it was excessive cringe this year i mentioned that earlier in the podcast um i mean this one though it was like two well three people but two of them they're both male one of them played al and one of them is playing Genos. And you're not expecting cringe? <laughs> like, th- no, 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 no. 
I could see what you're saying. Yeah. Although we didn't get any of the ones who were, like, overly friendly near us, which definitely helped. Yeah, like the fuckers that keep... We talked about this earlier. They keep talking. Mm-hmm. Like, to us, this happened yesterday and the day before that, but to you guys, you just heard us complaining. It's mm. fresh in your minds. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, we didn't do much, but it was, it was really... And she got some last-minute shopping done. She bought some cute shit. I got... I'm, again, I'm gonna be posting about it. Um, I'm, I'm super excited to re, re-reveal re all of my crap. It's wonderful. Banana. We also watched Banana. I love Banana. I think we talked watch about it, Watch out for... No, we didn't. Yeah, we didn't. Um, watch out for a review on that. It's just gonna be the capital letter E for a few paragraphs, mm. and then I must watch. <laughs> um, just just keep an eye out for that. It's gonna be a, be a real surprise. But I got a little little keychain that I hooked on my lanyard, so I got Banania Company all the time, which did start like a couple conversations. I was super happy about that. I have to bring him back. And uh, there's a company who made that Nam wall. Oh, hold on! I actually can get yeah, go the get it. Right. and I um chatter about how much money you made. Oh yeah, I made some money. I'm not gonna talk about my actual earnings, but I I uh, put up a few pieces of art at auction. Maybe you saw it if you were there. Um, it was the Jojo Bob Ross, um, Crystal Man, and Dust Man as uh, One Punch Man and Ice Shield 21 because they were the robot masters that Yusuke uh, Murata designed. And Zero Two from Kirby 64. So if you saw that at the art auction at Otakon, that was me. I did those. And they all sold. So I'm happy. I'm going to make a chunk of change. Uh, and who is the company? Because these people make some. Folks, you might not know this about me, but I love cute shit. Leanne loves cute shit. It's one of the things we share. Those cutesy wootsy looking like those little the little blob cats that look like your sleepy cats. That look little, I love those. I love super cute shit. I just fucking love it. So this is this company that makes fucking adorable shit. Their their um icon is some dumb anime girl. We won't hold that against them because they make the most adorable goddamn plushes I've ever seen. They're called Tasty Peach Studios. Yes, okay, you can um, see them, find them at tastypeachstudios.com. And they made, they made this little whale plush. It's a, it's a narwhal. Narwhals aren't whales. Narwhals are whales? Well, they're not whales, though, because whale, they're, different, they're their own subspecies. No. Ow. <laughs> One of us is really wrong and it hurts. But they didn't make a narwhal whale, which is a whale. They didn't make a narwhal. They made a nomwal, and it looks like a blob of ice cream with, a, like, syrup drizzled on it. And the horn is an ice cream cone. And and Cody got it for me because he wants one, but he has to pretend that he's a manly man. <laughs> I keep offering that he can keep it here until the Look, next trip, and he keeps when, saying no. When, when we can eventually move in together, which will hopefully be soon, all of my plushes and all your plushes will absorb into the same plush collection. Yes. So I know you will you will have more immediate enjoyment out of this, and then eventually it will become mine as well. So I have, while I have ulterior motives, the initial happiness that it brought her was a better gift to me than buying something for myself. Because she was so happy, guys. She should have seen it. It was fucking adorable. So, yes, tastypeachstudios.com. You get some cute-ass plushes. Some original stuff. It's fucking adorable. Especially those nom walls. That's the cutest thing they have. Get yourself a nom wall, people. They're fucking adorable. Look at the little guy. I can see him from here smiling at me. That's the cutest goddamn thing I've ever seen. 
tasty peach juice. And then, oh, and there's the blob cat with a little mouth open. He's fuzzy. That's also the cutest goddamn thing I've ever seen. That's just fun. And look, there, you're putting him in the bag. And I, excluding, excluding you, of course, you're different. You're real people. You're not a, you're not a plush Japanese-y yes. creation. One day I will be. You will ascend. I'm, I'm, I'm trans plush. Your moe is hell already. It'll just transcend to full Japanese cuteness. My pronouns are stuff, stuffing, stuff, self. No, I'm not doing that. Mm. <laughs> I'm not calling you that. <laughs> so yeah, uh, tastypeachstudios.com. Check them out. Get their plush. Get those nom walls. You're gonna, you're, you ain't going to regret it. They're fucking adorable. It warms my heart. Warms my black heart. Um, also, those cats. But those cats are fucking everywhere. And you easily find those little blob cats. They're adorable. Well, they're not really little. They're pillows in their own rights. Yes. I want an entire bed of them. I yes. just want to be able to lay in the middle of blob cats. <laughs> and they also have blob kittens. Yes, but we couldn't find many blob kittens, which was an eternal disappointment because I wanted to get a whole litter. <laughs> a whole blob litter, and I couldn't. <laughs> um, what else did Life we go is pain. to? Yeah. Oh, um. Do we go to any other panels? No, today no. was just the one. We met up with Emily again, um, which was nice. Um, she was blending in with the crowd by wearing an Orioles t-shirt or tank top. It was like, okay, yeah, yeah, no one, y- you look like, you look like real people now. <laughs> and that was pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't, we Steven didn't... Universe photo shoot. Uh, we, we, ran, we briefly we, crossed paths. We with. ran from that shit. One, there was this line I was making fun of in the, uh, artist alley, I want to say. Um, it was, you know, the lion in Steven Universe. It looked really, really good. It was huge. Um, huge, and it looked really good. Until you got to the freaky as hell face. Because something about how they constructed that face did not come out correct. But everything else was good. So, you know those girls, guys will talk about, where, like, the body is fabulous, but then the face is icky? Like, cover... Butterface. Yes. Yeah. That, that was that lion. Butterface that, lion. And then I saw somebody who had purchased it. Someone bought Butterface Line because oh. it was Steven Universe. He had to. Steven Universe fans are fucking crazy and they're awful. Um, and they were singing Steven Universe songs. Like a bunch of them just kept singing the songs. Like they're fucking children. They get together and sing songs around the campfire. I'm thinking next year I should have a booth at Oticon and I should make Steven Universe merch. <laughs> I don't even like the show. I just know you people will buy anything. Yeah, pretty much. You know, just want to make money. <laughs> Lord knows you could, and it's probably why I saw like artists that had their prints there had some Steven Universe art. And I was like, they might not even like the show; they just might know it's profitable. So that is Oticon. That is the time. The time of my life, and I never felt this way before. That's a lie. Mm. I've felt this way before. I've gone a few years, and it was the best year. It was good. And I'm never going to Baltimore again. The, the ballad by Cody Byer. That's the best part, though. I'll never have to go. I'll but miss... you have to go to D.C. Oh. Boo. I'm, I'm sorry. I should have let you be in denial for longer. Boo. I, I, you know what? I went to D.C. It didn't seem that bad. Y'all fuckers who don't live in Maryland don't know how awful these cities are that host your Oticon. Ugh. At least I'm getting out of Maryland soon. Well, I'm pretty sure some of them know because, like, the 
does the wiki travel page have a warning on on Baltimore that it is dangerous to visit? Yeah, it's the same warning that you can find on the pages for Chernobyl. And what was the other one? I think Syria? Yes, and, and like- Syria, yes. So it's Baltimore, Chernobyl, Syria. It's in the same category according to wiki travel. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm about to wrap this up. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm going to... Uh, next convention I'm scheduled for is uh, New York Comic Con. So that'll be interesting. Oh, I never told you about that, did no, I? I didn't. I'm going to New How York Comic Con. I've known for several months. I completely keep I keep completely forgetting to tell you. How could you? Well, how could I go, or how could I forget? Because I get t- <laughs> oh, and go without me. <laughs> well, y- I'm going because somebody else goes, and they went to my mom and I. Hey, do you guys want to go? And my mom and I went. Sure. So we're going. I'll, I'll probably do some coverage of that. Not exactly anime, but still nerdy. Still in the same range. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... We're so much of an anime outsider that we just don't even talk about anime. <laughs> so, from all of us here at the other side, I'm Cody Byer. I'm Leanne Williams. Saying bye-bye, Baltimore Conventions, and don't let the door hit your ass on the way out! Hey guys, like what we do? Check us out over at Twitter at twitter.com slash anime outsiders or on Facebook at, you guessed it, facebook.com slash anime outsiders. Or if you want to help us out and help the website grow, send us a donation over at patreon.com slash anime outsiders. Or, hey, just tell your friends. Either way, thanks for listening.